Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, June 20th. Coming up today. Secretary of State Antony Blinken comes away from China with a promise to keep talking. Wall Street awaits key congressional testimony from Fed Chair Jay Powell. A surprise management shakeup at Alibaba. And UBS faces more fines tied to its takeover of Credit Suisse. The search continues for a tourist sub heading to the Titanic wreckage site, plus a violent and deadly weather weekend in the south. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. An 11-1 romp for the Mets in Houston. The slumping Yankees home tonight to play Seattle. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with apparent improvement in relations between the U.S. and China. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has wrapped up his trip to Beijing, and both sides are saying the talks were successful. But as Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports, major differences still remain. The dialogue went well enough that Blinken did meet with President Xi Jinping. So communication lanes are more open, but there remain differences and friction. Blinken saying evening the economic playing field. Defending against harmful trade practices and protecting our critical technologies so that they aren't used against us. And she, through a translator, putting the onus on the U.S. to improve things. I hope that through this visit, Mr. Secretary, you will make more positive contributions to stabilizing China-U.S. relations. She admonished Blinken not to interfere with China's internal affairs regarding Taiwan. Blinken said the U.S. reserves the right to defend Taiwan in the case of an attack. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, China's foreign ministry is describing President Xi's meeting with Blinken as a courtesy. We get more from Bloomberg's Stephen Engel in Hong Kong. The meeting that Xi Jinping gave to Blinken is a good sign. He didn't have to do it, and he wouldn't have done it on Chinese soil if the tone was bad. So that's how I lay out the assessment of it. No deliverables other than small agreements, uh, perhaps on visas and flights and the like. Not any specifics, but the big issues still remain. Still, Bloomberg Stephen Engel reports both sides agree to keep talking. Chinese Foreign Minister Chen Gong plans to visit Washington in the coming months. In other political news this morning, Karen, former President Donald Trump is speaking out again about the federal charges against him. In a wide-ranging interview with Fox News, the former president said he did not return hundreds of classified documents to the National Archives because he was too busy. Amy Morris has more from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. 
Former President Donald Trump tells Fox that if the National Archives wanted the documents returned, they only had to ask. Please, 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 could we have it back? And while the National Archives did request the return of the documents in the form of a subpoena, Trump says he's been too busy to remove personal items from boxes packed at the White House. Before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things. Trump also claimed he didn't know there were classified military plans among those documents, even though in an audio recording, he he can be heard describing a document that shows Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Mark Milley wanted to invade Iran as being highly confidential, saying he can't declassify it now that he's out of office. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, turning to the markets, the big event this week is coming up tomorrow and Thursday when Fed Chairman Jay Powell gives his semi-annual report to Congress. We get a preview with Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Given his testimony comes just a week after his last news conference, Chairman Powell isn't expected to make a lot of headlines. What analysts and investors would like to hear is more guidance about when and under what conditions the Fed would raise rates again. Central bankers said last week they anticipate two more moves this year. There will also be questions about Fed supervision of banks, particularly those which failed in March. Did the Fed consider the impact of its rapid series of rate increases on the banks? And lawmakers will want to know what additional regulation is coming for the financial system. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thank you. Ahead of that testimony, the S&P 500 heads into a holiday-shortened trading week, coming off five straight weekly gains. Chris Morangi is co-chief investment officer at Gamco. The market reaction has been a little bit surprising, obviously, given the hawkish tone from the Fed. Either the market doesn't believe the Fed, um, they think the Fed is bluffing, or they don't care uh, about another 25, 50 basis point increase uh, in rates. Uh, I think it's more the former. Gamco's Chris Morangi notes the S&P 500 is up more than 23% from its October low. Well, back to Asia. We have more big news overnight, apart from the Secretary of State's visit. Alibaba is replacing Daniel Zhang as chairman of the group. And Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. Executive Vice Chair Joseph Tsai becomes chairman of the board. Tsai owns the Brooklyn Nets and is a confidant of Alibaba co-founder Jack Ma. Eddie Wu, now chairman of the Taobao and Tmall divisions, takes over as CEO. The outgoing Zhang ran Alibaba as it bled market share. His shock departure comes after Baba announced a six-way restructuring. The reorg is an effort to gin up growth by creating standalone firms that are more nimble. Some analysts we spoke to said the changes show that Jack Ma is still the spiritual leader of Alibaba. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Brian. Staying in Asia, former Nissan CEO Carlos Ghosn is suing the Japanese automaker over his 2018 ouster and arrest. Ghosn is seeking more than a billion dollars from Nissan and connected individuals for what he calls deep damage to his finances and reputation. The former auto exec filed his claims in Lebanon, where he's lived since his escape from Japan in late 2019 to flee trial. Well, in Europe, Nathan, shares at UBS are down almost 1%. Bloomberg News has learned the Swiss bank is facing hundreds of millions of dollars in fines tied to Credit Suisse dealings with Archegos Capital. UBS has inherited a long list of unresolved cases following the completion of its emergency takeover of Credit Suisse. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world, including a dramatic situation in the Atlantic. Here's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A desperate search continues about 435 miles south of St. John's, Newfoundland, as the Titanic wreckage site submarine that takes scientists and tourists to see the wreck went missing Sunday. 
Five people are on board. The Titanic lies at the bottom of the ocean, 13,000 feet down. Coast Guard Rear Admiral John Mauger. The use of uh, sonar buoys and sonar on uh, the uh, ship that's out there to listen for uh, any sounds that uh, we can uh, detect in the water column. Admiral John Mauger says there is enough air to survive for just 96 hours. Gun violence marred Juneteenth celebrations in several cities. Six teens were shot in Milwaukee. Police say it started as a fight between a group of females. Across Chicago, police say at least 10 people were killed and 60 more injured in shootings. Mass shootings were also reported in San Francisco, Baltimore, and Philadelphia. Several tornadoes touched down in Mississippi yesterday, leaving at least one person dead and more than two dozen hurt. Officials in Moss Point say hundreds of buildings were damaged or destroyed. Mayor Billy Knight. Our gymnasium is at the high school is heavily damaged and the administration building, the uh, school district is destroyed. The church right across the street from you know, the roof is off. There's houses and other businesses in that area on Main Street pretty well damaged as well. The Mississippi Emergency Management Agency says more than 4,900 homes in the central part of the state are without power. Singer B.B. Rexa was injured after a cell phone was thrown from the audience and struck her in the face during a concert in Manhattan. It happened at the rooftop at Pier 17 in Lower Manhattan over the long holiday weekend. During her last song in the set, the phone came in from the crowd striking near her left eye. Rexa dropped to her knees and helped by security off the stage. She was taken to a hospital and is said to receive three stitches along with a black eye. Police in Manalapan, New Jersey, say 27-year-old Nicholas Malvagna was arrested and charged with assault. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. The Mets went to Houston, having lost 11 of their last 14 games, with only three National League teams having a worse record, and they had to face the Astros, defending world champs. Although, this season, Houston's in just third place in the AL West, and the Mets crushed them 11-1, a five-run third inning with home runs by Daniel Vogelback and Francisco Lindor. And the Mets, for good measure, tacked on five more in the ninth. Max Scherzer, in his previous two starts, had given up 11 runs and 18 hits. This time he gave up one run, only four hits. He went eight innings for the first time as a Met. It's Justin Verlander tonight against his old team, Verlander, last night. Got his World Series ring. At the stadium tonight will be Garrett Cole against Seattle's George Kirby, the Westchester native who three weeks ago hurled eight scoreless innings against the Yanks who are pretty much not scoring against anyone these days. Their manager is Aaron Boone. For the most part, we've been playing pretty well. We just haven't scored a lot, and, and we find ourselves on the losing side of things. So we got to, you know, the biggest thing right now is just collectively, offensively, we got to, you know, we got to find a way and um, and and kind of turn the page and know that, yeah, this is a little bit of a tough stretch, but can't all do it by yourself. Yanks just 4-8 and eight since the Aaron Judge toe injury. NBA news with the draft approaching Thursday. The big trade Bradley Beal for Chris Paul. Beal joining two other big scorers, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in Phoenix. Paul for now is with Washington, but he could be moved again or be bought out. Said he found out about the trade in a text from his son. Draymond Green, 11 seasons with Golden State. Winner of four championships. He opted out. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. The Warriors say they want to keep Green. He says he wants to stay. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Stocks are headed into this holiday shortened trading week on a five-week winning streak for the S&P 500. But this second quarter rally could be running into some resistance from economic headwinds and signs the market is getting overbought. But let's get some more analysis now. We're joined by Dennis Gartman, the chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee and the former publisher of the Gartman Letter. Dennis, got to ask you, do you think this market's getting overbought? <laughs> it's just a matter of how seriously overbought it has become and is. The I hate to bring up a, a uh, uh, another uh, uh, group, but uh, okay. the CNN Fear and Greed Index has risen to 82, mm. which is as egregiously overbought as I have seen it in the past 10 years. And when you get to anything over 80 on the CNN Fear and Greed Index, is ex- seriously extended uh, market. You've got uh, the market has what we commonly said in the last several months, bad breadth. The number of stocks that are down for the year is substantively higher than the number of stocks that are up for the year. And only seven or ten of the stocks on the S&P 500 have accounted for all of the gain thus far. So, uh, yes, the market is egregiously, preposterously, seriously, almost comically overbought and, and due for correction. But I've said that for the past three weeks or four weeks or so, so I've been wrong for the past month. Sadly wrong, but I'm not going to buy the, the market up here. If anything, I'm going to be slightly net short, or certainly if you're, if you're egregiously long at this point, getting less long, I think, is a, a reasonable and, and viable and proper course of action to take. Well, what do you think has fueled the rally at this point, and what would it take to get to that correction that you have been forecasting for uh, the past few weeks here? The, the Fed has been less tight than, 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 it, than they said it would be. They were supposed to be taking $95 billion worth of, of Treasury securities out of the market, out of its balance sheet over the course of the past uh, several months, and it's only taken about $65 billion out. That's... Uh, I, I think the reason why we've had a, a stronger rally, plus the fact that the Fed has been less stringent as far as rate, the, 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 the level of the overnight Fed funds rate uh, for the course of the past several months. We're going to get another increase in the Fed funds rate again when the, when the Fed meets in July, but that probably shall be the end of it for the, for the long period of time. But uh, anybody who expects to see the Fed begin to, to ease monetary policy, that they, anybody who expects to see the Fed begin to allow the overnight Fed funds rate to decline in the next uh, six months is probably wrong. We, the Fed is probably going to be less uh, amenable to any cut in, in the overnight Fed funds rate until at least 2024, maybe till very quite very late in 2024 before we see that. So you've had, uh, I, I think, a, a very small handful of stocks that have driven the stock market higher. And I think that's coming to an end. So the CNN Fear and Greed Index at 82 is 
is as egregiously overbought as we have seen the market in several years. No question It's interesting, about that. Uh, Dennis, that you think that uh, one more rate hike could be one and done yes. for the Fed. Uh, what makes you say that, given that uh, we did hear from Chairman Powell last week the possibility that we could get another couple of rate hikes before they head into a long-term pause mode? Well, his comments and comments from Mr. Waller and comments from the, the, the president of the, of the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond would indicate that they could get two more uh, rate increases before they're done. What's the difference between one or two, to be quite honest? The fact that we've gotten above 5% is from zero over the course of the past two years. If you miss it by by one by one more one more increase, you you've done a pretty good job. And when they when the Fed began the 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 process of raising the overnight Fed funds rate two years ago, I made the statement then that they were going to take rates far farther and for a far longer period of time than anybody had anticipated, and actually said that we'd probably get close to five percent before it was done. And and I've been right for the past two years on that. So if we if we if I miss it by one more cut. Or one more increase, I think they'll get one. If they get two, the, the, my miss has been relatively minor at, at, at that point. So I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not too certain that, that Powell will say much more this week when he appears before Congress. He's going to reiterate the fact that they're, going to, that they're sticking to their 2% uh, target as far as the, uh, the inflation rate is concerned. So we'll, let's just say that we, we, we've seen the vast majority of the rate increases whether we get one or two is really quite inconsequential as far as I'm concerned. Just 30 seconds left, Dennis. What's your call for yeah. recession risk? I thought we've been in recession for a while. It's going to be – if we – we had uh, – the NBER has not made its statement yet. I think we'll look back and realize that in real terms we were probably in recession for the past six months. I think we're going to be in a, a – we'll have to wait for the NBER to make its statement later this, later this year or early next year. And they always are six months to nine months late in making the announcement. So I think we're going to be in recession. And if, if you're, it depends on which industry you're in. If you're in real estate, there's no question you're in a very serious recession already. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.